0: madness we're dead we're dead guys it's over we're dead we are
1: zombies we are this zombies. is we are it, living it, it, our
0: life again
1: and now it.
0: surviving uh, uh muddling through one could call it uh yes the the ailments didn't get better week over week gang i uh we apologize for that you know uh, well, if my voice goes, you're just going to have to deal with that, and I apologize.
1: Yeah, uh, we're going to try to read without voices, so congratulations to whoever's trying to hear this. and Whoever's trying to hear it. us,
0: read without voices, and, and more. If, if we learned anything from last episode, just get bombarded with mispronunciations of French names, because they're coming. Oh,
1: they're oh, coming, yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. I love not having a voice and trying to say everything French.
0: Everything French. Uh, that being said, before we talk about French things, let's talk about current event things. Oh, that, boy. Yeah, that, that's a thing. Um, David, rapid fire. Not rapid fire, but uh, quick and on the spot. Oh, uh, my Chile.
1: They did oh, a yes. thing. Oh, yes. Um, yes. And Sorry. I need, I've, been, I've I... been half dead, so I... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So... <laughs> I'm but getting yes, multiple, that was good. That was good. I'm,
0: I'm getting multiple, uh, uh, feeds on the Chile situation. And okay. I'm not, I, I, as, as always, when there are multiple feuding parties on Twitter, I come to you as the arbiter of truth and justice. Okay. Uh, so is the person that they just elected another pink wave socialist that's going to lead us into crushing neoliberalism or is it a uh, borderline neo-lib that just hates no no who socialists
1: who who we we saw elected in Chile is is good but you do have to remember I mean this is not like the most communist faction in Chile or anything like that uh, but it was an election between someone who was you know left of center right I mean but but again I mean like a social democrat left of center kind of kind of along the lines. But calls but calls Venezuela a dictatorship. So yeah. it, a Bernie Sanders is zone, maybe. I, yeah, something something along the lines of what we've finally come to realize. Um, I suddenly can't think of his name in in uh, uh, Peru. Pedro Castillo. Pedro Castillo. Uh, yeah. So like Pedro Castillo or Amlo or something, where you know they'll it's someone who's going to toe the imperialist line and not be satisfactory in many ways, um, but also you know push away from imperialism with some. Uh, latin american unity and have more left-wing um domestic policies and of course foreign policy is not as big of an issue when you're not a giant imperialist power um so someone like that and and it, it's one of those things it's you know it's not like democrats where it's like oh we'll elect the fascists or elect the the other party that's just like him like there wasn't a satisfactory like super left-wing candidate but let's be clear when we say versus the fascist uh, his competition was Jose Antonio cost um, who is the literal son of son of a Nazi yes yeah, son of, of of a major like Holocaust architect like fucking like a high-ranking Nazi would you hear about like you know the Nazis that that fled to Argentina right and I know we're talking Chile uh, but the Nazis that fled to Argentina like this is this is that group right? Uh, just just went yeah. over to Chile and this particular individual. so yeah, um and and again, you know I mean this is like the the uh Christian social front was was his party i mean this this was a direct Nazi descendant. Um, who was going to carry on the, the torch of Pinochet the way basically any other Chilean president since Pinochet has, um, and came from the same Christo-fascist, uh, vein as I, I suddenly can't remember her name that did the coup in Bolivia. Um, Janine Art, um, Ar- Agnes. Agnes. Um, there we yes. go. Yes. So, the, you know, I mean, the same, same, uh, uh, mold as that compared to someone who's, again, you know, not like, this is not like, you know, Nicolas Maduro versus Juan Guaido. Like, you know, I mean, uh, Gabriel Boric is not going to be the most left-wing guy. Uh, America is not as happy with him as they would be with Kant, but they're not going to be like, oh, you know, bogus elections, you know, like celebrities are are, are going to be there. But this is someone where, you know, it's definitely like a tangibly better of the two candidate. And not only that, but tangibly very far left compared to what Chile has had to offer Since the fall of Allende. So, um, this, you know, yeah, yeah. So, this is, this is good, right? You know, this is not, this is not as good as, as the news that was in in the election, you know, in Honduras, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but this is very, very good still, right? It's, it's part of a large leftward, uh, movement in Latin America. Um, but again, you know, this will be more along the lines of, um you know uh Pedro Castillo Then along the lines of like a, a Rafael Ortega or a Naval uh, not even where who's uh God I suddenly can't remember who the name Louis of Arce? Luis Arce? Arce, yes, thank you. Luis Arce. Um how am I the one that knows names tonight? This is because not my, my job, brain David. Come my on. brain hurts so badly. Do you not like my brain is in pain. Like right? people say yeah. headache. I say like, you know, Hammer inside my head, smacking around in different directions. It's bad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like someone dropped a bowling ball on me, except none of my neck or back felt the pain. Thankfully, just internally in my head, and there was no actual bowling ball. It's terrible. So,
0: with that fantastic analogy, do you have yes. any other current events for the weeks that you would like to uh, uh, like yeah, to head up?
1: Speaking of of America not being really two choices, I think officially. Uh, the Dems have dropped their little Build Back Better thing uh, because Joe Manchin has just been like, yeah, so... You know, we fucked around for eight months stripping it down and it's just not going to happen. And, um, I mean, always, you know, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema were just going to be the fall guy. If, if Dems had a, a bigger majority by three people, there'd be three more people that, that would gum up the works, you know, and, and obviously the, the issue right now is, is shit. Like, you know, we're seeing another spike in COVID. COVID never went away, not one bit, but we're seeing another spike in COVID, uh, because of the policies under Joe Biden. There was more deaths this year than last year, right? And that's not, totally on accident i mean that the the plan was say we're different than trump and open up the the, the campaigned on opening up schools you know and this this nothing has happened except just people have been told imagine uh that the pandemic is over and it's not fucking remotely over so you know there's not just one joe to be mad at right now uh but the the one that that is actually going to make mainstream libs mad for five minutes before they forgive him and go back to their Vote Blue No Matter Who, uh, has officially axed the BBB, essentially, um, because it puts them one short, and then somehow that's just, you know, that's how their party works, right? It's it's the the magic controlled opposition party, except it controls opposition by just fucking hating it, and people still buy into electoralism somehow.
0: All right. Well, that being it for current events, or at least for the Mark's Madness version of current events, because we're not a current event show. You just get the highlights. OK, we're doing the top. We're doing the high end stuff. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, we're the not going to go relevant stuff. We're not going to go in depth on the the hilariousness that is Kellogg's <laughs> pulling their logo off the Pop Tarts box, uh, because apparently the, the boycott is working very, very well. Uh, we're just going to touch on the stuff that, that people need a perspective on.
0: Usually. Uh, And then we'll backdoor in the Pop-Tarts thing. Um, Yes, yeah. Yeah, Like I just did. Like (laughs) we just did. That being said, we are going to continue our reading of Black Reconstruction. We are on to Chapter 6 today. uh, And we are starting with the Deutsche Bank, which has always concerned itself with exploitation, investment in the less developed areas. Also has close associations with the Banque de Paris. Even during the war, the Deutsche Bank did not relinquish its role of colonialist exploiter, but followed the German army into the conquered territories of Europe. Today, it is busy pushing West German interests in Africa, Panama, Chile, Pakistan, Colombia, and Puerto Rico. It has floated loans for Argentina, the city of Oslo, and Norway the city of isn't also in norway oh, i don't know whatever it has a holding <laughs> in the pakistan industrial credit and investment corporation limited it has acted as fiduciary house for such considerable international corporations as general motors philip royal dutch petroleum and snea viscosa the connection with the royal dutch petroleum continues deutsch bank's association with the pre-first world war Mosul oil concession in the part of turkey that became iraq while its activities on behalf of General Motors and Phillips emphasize the subservient role the Deutsche Bank plays to Morgan interests, which conduct the international expansion of these vast, ramified organizations, on the board of this bank sits the directors of Mansmann Steel Interests of the Ruhr, also represented on another German bank, the Dresdner, Dresdner which is also engaged in a number of investment ventures in Africa.
1: I like how we're complaining about French pronunciation, and you just did the French names better than the German ones.
0: Uh, you know, German doesn't come out of my mouth. All right, I'm getting, I can get the hang of France every once in a while, but uh, the Germans, no, the German, the German language is a dead one to me. It, it makes my mouth feel funny. The Mansmann Steel Company, one of the most important in the German Ruhr, was established in 1885. Its chairman, Dr. Wilhelm Zanger, is a director of Algoma Steel Corporation Limited of Canada, in which the German interests were linked for some time with the Hawker Sidley Group of Great Britain. Mansaman is associated in several projects in India and elsewhere with Krupps and its Duisburg affiliate, Demog. A.G. Demog works in close collaboration with the American firm of Blah blah literally blah knox and co this firm which makes equipment for steel mills and for chemical petroleum and other industries falls within the Mellon sphere of influence hence it has links with bethlehem steel which associates with the west german steel industry into which the Mellon interests have increasingly pushed both the Deutsche Bank and Dresdner Bank, with, with, with which Mansaman is so closely tied in alliance with the Morgan Guarantee Trust, have considerable interest in the Oppenheimer companies of Southern Africa. Hambro's Bank, the late Sir Charles Hambro was the link with the Bank of England, cable and wireless holding and Oppenheimer holding companies have valuable interests in the diamond, gold, and other mining undertakings in Central and Southern Africa. A merchant bank, Hambrose, has long been associated with the Scandinavian investment market and has in the past year spread its activities in Europe in anticipation of Britain's entry into the common market. It added a subsidiary in Zurich in 1962. Hambrose Investment Company. Like many other financial institutions, it has entered a growing field for finance investment that for that of leasing equipment to industry. For this purpose, Hambros established equipment leasing company Elco in 1962. It also engages directly in the business of importation and distribution of motor cars and commercial vehicles from the British Motor Corporation into the United States through the British Motor Corporation, Hambros Inc., a joint 50-50 venture. The British Motor Corporation covers Austin, MG, Morris, Riley, Wolseley Motors, and subsidiary companies of the Nuffield and other groups. The, through its acquisition of the banking firm of Lidlaw and Co., New York, Hambros is strengthening its association with important American banking interests. Interest. Uh, uh, among Hambro's many other interests is its connection with the bullion firm of Makata and Goldsman, which increased its holdings of bullion in 1961 from $3.75 billion to $6.5 billion. Another financial. billion. So, ind- yes.
1: I was just going to say that Laidlaw and Company, is that not a group that does buses? Because we were just talking about a bunch of cars, and mm. then I saw the Laidlaw, and that seems familiar. I don't know. We, we might yeah, have to they- look that up
0: but the banking it's bank an er, 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 acquisition of the banking firm of mm. Laidlaw and Co so it would be weird yeah. if they were a bank that went into that making also school made buses. buses
1: that's true that's true
0: that's that's <laughs> the that's the y- yamaha like i need to buy a piano i also need <laughs> to buy a motorcycle oh man you're not <laughs> going to believe have, this
1: have i got a deal for you uh another financial industrial group headed by the british company bisc Limited, and including French, German, and American financial participants, is already working iron ore deposits in Guinea, in Guinea at Collium in in immediate proximity to the port of, Ka- of Conakry. Oh, I can't pronounce anything today. Uh, these deposits of fifty to fifty-five percent grade ore were discovered in 1904 when the construction of the railway line from Kanakri to Niger was begun. Prospecting was carried out between 1919 and 1922 by the Mining Company of French Guinea. In 1948, a new company was formed to confirm previous findings. This was the Compagnie Minière de Kanakri, whose plant at Calum is geared to annual production of one point two million tons which can be doubled without any appreciable modifications of the setup alongside its iron production this company is multiplying its income from the establishment of a complex of industries which includes the manufacture of explosives by le union chimique de african oco ucoa participation in the compagnie mire de knackery i got all the goddamn french names ah! it Just. Which is capitalized at 1500 million guinea francs, and it is as followed. And then there's a chart. It's like BISC for 30%, there's 24% to uh, Euro de Recherches, And I mean, just, just various companies. It? Yeah, a bunch of Ro-
0: companies own it.
1: Yeah, some French stuff. There's the Rothschilds, there's a the Franco American, uh, they mineral the Compromat that we talked about before. Hoeschwerke is a leading West German iron and steel firm associated with larger combines like Mannesmann and Fing- Phoenix Reinrur, the last of which has lately affected a fusion of the Thyssen group. Before the last war, Thyssen was associated with Krupp. I think they are again. I'm like 99% sure Thyssen-Krupp's a thing. Yeah. Um... The West German iron and steel industry was looking increasingly for raw materials supplies used for German plants. In other parts of the world where less developed countries are making an attempt to industrialize, they're setting up transformation foundries and rolling mills to bring to secondary and intermediate stages ores, brought in from the mines to which they have been granting concessions. Thus, the management affiliate in Brazil, Capania Cd. Urgica Manisman is to achieve a crude steel capacity of three hundred thousand tons from iron ores from its mines less than five miles from a new blast furnace it is erecting at Belo Horizonte. American capital is large holdings in the German iron and steel industry, and some cases a controlling one, achieved during the post war American occupation of Western Germany. So, once again, we're back to like the way empire works, right? Is to restore mm-hmm. the colonial holdings after the world wars, but put America on top of them. And the most obvious place, I mean, it's obviously. Very obvious in Great Britain and France, but the most obvious place this is true is, of course, Germany. Uh, the Morgan Banks led this incursion into the West German and other European heavy industry fields, using their European agents and associates in Great Britain, France, Germany, Italy, Belgium, and Switzerland for the purpose. Among these associates is the multiple Rothschild Group, already flanking the Morgans in their southern African Ventures. The British section, headed by N. M. Rothschild, has in the world of one commentator, Honorary Peter Mentifior Samuel, a member of the London Merchant Banking House of M. Samuel Company Limited, re established their ancient connections with de Rothschild's freres, which go back to the pre Napoleonic days. The firm of M. Samuel is kind of linked with the Bank Lambert of Belgium and the Bank de Paris at Pays Bas of France with all of the investment sphere of the Société Générale de Belgique. One of these days, I will learn to pronounce all of those names because we keep seeing them. Um, I won't. (laughs) That's my commitment to you. I won't learn how to say them. I appreciate that. Um, In an investment consortium established to exploit the European common market, Edmund L. D. Rothschild and the Honorary P.M. Samuel sit together on the board of Anglo-Israel Securities Limited. De Rothschild. Child. Yeah. Jesus, that is a lot of words together that make me worried. Yeah, no, I don't like seeing ang- Anglo-Israel securities limited day anything. I'm sorry. Let alone uh, Rothschild. That's, let alone that's... Rothschilds. <laughs> A director of two insurance companies. I think I think the only way that gets uh, uh, any worse if it was day Morgan, which it came pretty close to that from what we're I reading. mean, it might as well have been. Yeah. Uh, the Alliance and Sun Alliance, created by the Rothschilds, sits also on the board of British Newfoundland Corporation Incorporated in Canada, which secured 7,000 square miles Miles of concessionary mineral lands and an additional like extent of oil and gas concessions from the Newfoundland government in 1953. The corporation also holds concessions on 35,000 square miles in Labrador. The same de Rothschilds further adorn the board of Five Arrow Securities Company Limited of Toronto, in which the Barclays Bank and Morgan Associates are interested. The honorary P.M. Samuel is a director of the Shell Oil Holding Company, Shell Transport and Trading Company Limited, as well as other investment companies, including several operating in Central Africa, such as Haywood Investments Central Africa, in which he is joined by another member of the family, the honorary Anthony Gerald Rothschilds, who also sits on the board of other such concerns, as well as publishing and publicity firms. So what we're noticing in every chapter is all of these rich guys that are head of some bank – are also, like, on the board of seven other banks, and these are the banks that control, basically. Anything.
0: Everything. Yep. BISC, B-I-S-C, or Limited, is also included in a consortium, Societe Anonyme des Mines de Fer de Martenil, exploiting iron ore at Fort Garand, Mart. Mauritania, Sorry, it's estimated that there is a minimum of a hundred million tons of high-grade ore of sixty-four to sixty-five percent iron contained in this property on the western edge of the Sahara Desert, and it is being prepared to produce an annual output of six million tons. The British group, as well as the German and Italian groups, have substantial holdings, but the major interest is held by a French group headed by the Bureau Mineraire de France de Outremer. The following are the participants in the venture, and then he lists a bunch of names. Uh, it literally is just a bunch of, it's BISC, British R, British Steel, different It's a bunch of companies that own it. He doesn't even get yeah. percentages. This is yeah. not useful. The company has been capitalized at 13,300 million francs, uh, CFA, and has the following affiliates. And then he lists a couple banks that, ha- that are putting up the capital.
1: Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want to say that isn't useful, but it's not like going through this list ourselves <laughs> is useful. It's, it's showing the same thing the text is showing over and over that it's like, it, there's, Basically about fifty companies that are truly about five conglomerates that where people out of like seven to ten families sit on the boards of all of the conglomerates and you're seeing the same names over and over. And they're these, these constant like consortiums that are built from especially French companies and then behind that, you know, German, British and American companies. And then they all go straight up to, to American banks.
0: And you just don't want to hear me pronounce four more bad French bank names that I can't say. So, no, so we no. don't need that.
1: No, especially when they all come with acronyms <laughs> that we also can't pronounce. Exactly. Like Haberma, whatever. Okay, he- cool.
0: Burma Satrum. Uh, and to prove that, though the names may change, the components remain the same. The management of the mine will be in charge of Panoroya. Finsider is the financing organization related with the industrial group comprising Ferriman and the Deutsche Bank was concerned with certain share introductions made by it during 1961-2 the compagnie du chemin de fer du nord comes within the influence of the banque de paris et de paibas as does union sydengurke de nord de la france <laughs> more <Gabor> fun <laughs> french
1: names i'm also pleasantly surprised that FinCider is not a dolphin's fan board <laughs> Gabon, whose timber
0: has hitherto been its main export, has shown signs of possessing iron ore deposits since 1895. Investigations were carried out from 1938 by what was then the French Overseas Mining Bureau, transferred later to the Bureau des Recherches Geologiques et Minerais, and joined by the Bethlehem Steel Company. The resultant company, Societe des Mines de Fer de Macambo, was established in 1955 with the major purpose of creating a great center of production capable of satisfying at long term a part of the anticipated needs of Western Europe's steel industry and the future requirements of Bethlehem Steel. Thus, in this participation, Bethlehem Steel has a 50% holding. The other parties to the undertaking are uh, Bureau des Richards Geologiques et Minerals, 12% banque de paris et de paiba is five percent and everybody else has less the undertaking is capitalized 200 million francs cfa and on its behalf further investigations have been undertaken by the syndicate group round the bureau de Recherches and the european coal and steel community underlining the interest that the european community and its common market has in africa's primary resources what makes Gabon's iron ore deposit so interesting is their proximity to important electrical power resources capable of affording abundant electricity at an estimated rate of one franc CFA per kilowatt. Fiat's in- inclusion in this consortium is an illustration of the inevitability of monopolies' extension into capital investment in less developed countries. Fiat is not simply an automobile producing company but a vast industrial organization which has penetrated deeply into financial investment in Europe and beyond. Founded in Turin in 1899, Fiat has grown in 63 years into the second largest motor (laughs) manufacturer in Europe and the fourth largest in the world after General Motors, Ford, and Volkswagen. If Simca, which is linked with Fiat, is added to Fiat's production, it is larger than that of Volkswagen. But Fiat's growth came not through automobile manufacturing, but through industrial production connected with armaments during the First World War, its expansion continuing in the Second World War. It made profit out of the devastation that came to Italy and continued to build itself up in the post-war period under its founder, an ex-cavalry officer of a well-to-do Turin family, Giovanni Agnelli, in whom business genius was combined with the ruthlessness of an American railroad or oil tycoon of the old days.
1: Which is always a compliment. You just, you definitely love to
0: hear that. You you love love to hear
1: that. that You have the ruthlessness of an American oil tycoon. tycoon. That's, that's fantastic. Um, in its working year of 1960, the Fiat company had investments in other companies valued at some 26.7 million pounds, a valuation decided by the company since under Italian company law, this is left entirely to the discretion of a company's accountants, and figures listed in Italian balance sheets under this heading usually bear no relation whatsoever to the market value <laughs> or even the face value of the equities and bonds held. <laughs> so basically, everybody knows about Swiss bank accounts, but if you really want want to launder money you do shit in italy
0: <laughs> i love how has no relation to the market value or face value whatsoever
1: yeah <laughs> i love just just a nice inclusion of by the way this is a bunch of bullshit uh, <laughs> by the way Berlusconi, Berlusconi, Berlusconi. that's right <laughs> Cement camera and film manufacturer among the company's ventures. A subsidiary, Union Cementi Marchino, produces 16 million tons of cement yearly. The Cenzano Vermouth, which is so widely enjoyed throughout the world, is among fiat's undertakings. Its subsidiary in present is a busy wherever hydroelectric dams are being constructed. It built the Carba Dam in Rhodesia and is working on Ghana's Volta Dam. Fiat owns property all over the world. Practically the whole of the Rue Blanche in Paris's notorious nightlife world is owned by Fiat, as well as land, hotels, and pleasure facilities in Cestriere, a leading Italian winter sports resort. Does that? Does that mean I don't that like, like pleasure brothels, facilities? I, was gonna I don't say, like the that... word pleasure facilities. I don't so, I don't enjoy this at all. So Fiat is a car monopoly that made its hay with business ruthlessness and basically owns anything from cement to brothels, is what I'm understanding here. No, yeah, no, that sounds about right. That is Jesus Christ, monopoly capitalism is fucked up. Um, like so many of the monopoly organizations that spread their interests over the globe and into manifold undertakings, Fiat has branched into oil, having a 22% holding in Aquila, the Italian subsidiary of the Compagnie Francois de Patrols. Aquila is now operating in Austria as – as well as Italy. Shipping comes with, within Fiat's operational sweep through the ownership of a couple shipping companies. All of these ramifications, which cover more than a hundred companies inside and outside Italy, are almost all vested in the holding company Instituto Financiario Industrial, founded in 1927 and known briefly as JFI. In the latter part of 1962, Fiat joined the international group comprising SABCA, Avions Ferry in Belgium, Bagrut in France, Fock Wolf in Germany, Fokker in Holland, Hawker Siddeley. oops, I lost my page, Hawker Siddeley Aviation in UK, and Republic Aviation in the USA, which submitted designs to NATO for vertical takeoff strike aircraft. Fiat had oh all... So, so Fiat is also into weapons manufacturing. Yeah. Um, which may or may not be connected to the cement, if you believe in, in mafia law. Um <laughs> <laughs> Fiat had already maintained cooperation with Bristol Siddeley and the manufacture of Bristol Siddeley Orpheus turbojet engines for the G91, then the standard NATO strike aircraft. And to help mold public opinion in the right direction, Fiat publishes Italy's second largest daily paper, La Stampa. Okay, so Fiat is basically like, jeff bezos the weapon manufacturer and the only reason why we don't hate them more is because they're an italian weapon manufacturer so they're probably number like nine on the list of world be- weapon manufacturers um yeah, but that's, yeah, pretty well like the way we- boeing just like also sells aircraft for fucking airlines fiat does that with cars i guess no that sounds right yeah uh, Company Franciere de, de Suez was in considerable difficulty after the affairs of the Suez Canal were taken over by the Egyptian government. Oh, Follow- yeah, uh, following the unsuccessful attempt by Anglo-French imperialism to dominate Egypt once more and has been under pressure from its shareholders. However, the board held off the shareholders and righted its position by looking for investments which will give quick, high returns. It has made a certain equity purchases in Australia, but is really seeking quick profitability in Saharan oil and African primary materials. It is investment in Co- Coporex? What is Coperex? Uh it's a is ex- a solid question. Yeah, is expected to give early good results since this company oh it's a company. Had in nineteen sixty one large reserves of oil from which it was deriving substantial income, so it's an oil company. Uh, Bauxite in Western and Equatorial Africa is even more plentiful than iron ore, but its exploitation is waiting upon the availability of electrical power. We have already referred to FRIA, the enterprise that has been set up in the Republic of Guinea by the consortium with the Rockefeller firm of Olin Matheson at its head. The second largest holding in this group was held by Pichini Eugene. These same groups together with Reynolds, Kaiser, and Mellon's accla- Alkin, formed another enterprise, Le Bauxites du Midi, which originally exploited other deposits at Casa and Bouquet. Notice, however, was given to the company by the guinea government that if within three months of the 24th november 1961 bauxite's dumidi had not made arrangements to set up an aluminum factory at bouquet by july 1964 as originally agreed its installations works and machinery would be expropriated as well as its assets for which reparation would be made the guinea government declared that if it waited for the company to renounce its colonial methods based on the simple extraction of materials whose transformation would be subsequently affected outside the country of production. So this is apparently a point, and, and again, I'm I, this is somewhere in the 60s this was written, but I'm not sure exactly what year, but this is apparently after Guinea had gained independence and the president of Guinea was basically like, yeah, so um, you have to make a win-win deal with us. If you try to just screw us over and mine materials out of here, we're just going to take the shit. So good yeah. for them. Um. Peshini Eugene is also concerned with the company de d'aluminum, Pechini Eugene, or, or acronym Alucam, in which a 10% participation is held by Kobiel, a Société Générale de Belgique affiliate. Pechini Eugene's share of Alucam's total production in 1962 is 52,000 tons, of 52,000 tons was 46,000 tons obviously the most important Gabon's natural resources are proving immensely rich atomic em- energy commissions are busy prospecting and investigating uranium sources at Manona at Manana uh, at Ma- Maunana in the Haut uh- Agui region, one of the most isolated in the country. The only means of access in the river Agui, cut by rapids for more than 600 kilometers of its length. At the beginning of 1959, however, a 100-kilometer road constructed by the Compagnie Minière Lagui is put the determinus of the railway which opened in 1962 at about 120 kilometers from Manana, thus making it more accessible. The ore is to be mined and urinated it is urinated, but it's spelled different.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a different kind of urinated. It's but a yeah, different it's kind
1: there. of urinated, but I had to do a double thing. Mine and urinated, so I guess made into uranium, by the Compagnie de Mines de Uranium de Franceville, capitalized at a hundred million, so a billion francs, CFA. Participation in Comologue the company de Mutka, is responsible for the management of the mine. Comologue is exploiting Gabon's manganese deposits at Franceville, which were first investigated by French Overseas Mining Bureau in collaboration with U.S. Steel, the mammoth American steel firm that I'm pretty sure still fucking exists today. I think that was the one, like, robber baron company that just didn't, didn't have to even change just never names even or pretenced. anything. Yeah, never yep. even pretended to be broken up and and, and brought back together. Um, controlled by Morgan interest, together with its affiliates, U.S. Steel has forty nine percent of Coalogue, to which other parties are the frequently presented Bureau de Ressources Geologiques de Minerais twenty two percent, the Compagnie de Matka fourteen percent, and the Society Auxiliaire du Manganese de Franceville, which is fifteen percent. The enterprises is capitalized at 2.5 million francs CFA. United States and French monopolists are chief parties to Comalogue.
0: Kamalog has as its principal shareholder 49%, the largest steel outfit in America, and hence the world. U.S. Steel, a perfectly integrated iron and steel concern, the manganese bed on which Kamalog is working at Franceville in Gabon, is one of the most important in the world, with estimated reserves of 200 million tons of 50% ore. The French des The French Sea de Mokta has a nineteen percent interest, and besides being concerned in operating directly, the Grand Lahu Manganese mine on the Ivory Coast controls important production of iron, manganese and uranium ores through holdings in Algeria, Spain, Tunisia, Morocco, and Gabon. It has, for instance, forty percent in the seeds mines de uranium de Franceville, which is developing the rich uranium mine at Mont- Manana, Gabon. Demokta is linked directly and by associates with interests radiating from Anglo-American Corporation and Great Iron Steel Trust of Arbed. U.S. Steel and General Electric are world giants in their related spheres. The first, by virtue of its multiple divisions covering all aspects of the steel industry, is the sixth largest industrial company in the United States. The second leading producer of electrical equipment and appliances in the world with affiliate subsidiaries and associates all over the globe. Its plants affect many sectors of industry, radio, aviation, marine, scientific research, and turnout-heavy capital goods, industrial components and materials, and defense products, as well as consumer goods. U.S. Steel was founded in 1901 by J. Pierpont Morgan as a holding company controlling over half the American steel industry. There it is, guys. He's back again. Mm Mm-hmm. Since then, the American steel industry has expanded by giant strides and other commanding trusts have forged ahead. But U.S. steel leads still and today controls 30% of America's steel and cement production. On the board of General Electric, it's Henry S. Morgan. So it is not difficult to find the relationship between this international monopoly and U.S. steel in the exploitation of some of Africa's richest resources to feed the military as well as economic demands of the world's most dangerous imperialism. Operating universally, its interests are located at every crisis point on the globe. It is said that as a result of most complica- of the most complicated transaction, Tanganyika Concessions seceded to an American financial group closely associated with the leading United States banking house's 1.6 million of its shares, as a result of which the American group probably has a majority in this British company, which owns 21% of the shares of the Union Minaret, whose empire is the Congo. America's interest in the con- in the Congo is motivated by very substantial investments, frequently hidden behind British, French, Belgian, and West German cover, and engaging leading personalities in the United States' political affairs. Mr.
1: Adelaide Stevenson, uh, can, can, for instance. We- there he is. I was going to say, can can we uh, uh, highlight that again? American interest in the Congo is motivated by substantial investment and hidden behind British, French, Belgian, and West German cover. That, that really, really lines up imperialism, which of course, like, you know, the Congo right now is the epicenter of imperial exploitation. Mm-hmm. Mr. Adelaide
0: Stevenson, for instance, representing his government at UNO, presided over the firm of Templesman and Son, specialists in exploiting Congo diamonds. And Mr. Arthur H. Dean, who leads America's delegations to disarmament conferences, was vice president and still is a director of American Metal Climax, a huge consumer of uranium since it provides 10% of United States production. American Metal, according to an information blurb, forms with its subsidiaries a powerful international mining group, which includes notably Rhodesian Ion Trust Limited. The NATO powers are interested in Gabon because of her riches. At present, American Offshore International has been offered a drilling contract for Societe de Petrol Afrique Equatorial, SPAF, with headquarters in Port Gentil. This company employs over 1,200 Africans who are all subordinate to the over 400 white people. There is no oil refinery at present in Gabon. But Gabon, Chad, Congo, Brazzaville, Central African Republic, and Cameroon have agreed to establish a refinery to be financed by their respective governments and France. The first meeting of the representatives of these governments was on July 22, 1964, in Port Gento. According to the minister, the necessary investigations are going on to start the refinery before the end of 1965. There are, I was told, many oil finds in both in the territorial waters of Gabon and deep in the interior in large economic quantities to supply many parts of Africa. My information is that all the petroleum companies now distributing oil in French-speaking Africa have controlling shares in the oil production company in Gabon. A is not allowed to hold shares in the company. Readers will recall what caused the downfall of Mr. Adola in the Congo, oil politics. It seems to me, therefore, that two economic issues will influence the duration of French occupational forces in Gabon for many years, namely uranium and oil.
1: So once again, it is... Imperial interests, imperial interests, imperial interests. It's NATO powers. And we're talking, I mean, you know, offshore drilling. You have a f- several hundred African employees, uh, you know, answering to a few hundred white I- managers for corporations out of the imperial core. And it's namely around oil and uranium. I mean, this is the story over and over and over again in Africa. Yep. It is quite likely that Africa could provide enough phosphates not only to fertilize the abundant agricultural production that would cover its future food and industrial requirements, but to leave enough <laughs> over to supply the needs of the other parts of the globe. At the moment, important centers of phosphates are the Jebel Ankh deposits in Algeria, those at Taiba in Senegal, at Lac Togo in the Republic of Togo, and at Cor... Corbiga and Eusofia in Morocco. The society Jabel Onk with which with a capital of 30 million new francs comprises the following interests and again a, a few percentages of some French names uh, making a large conglomerate and they're the same names you've been seeing you know the the Bureau d'investissement d'Afrique uh you've got society Algerine de development um, you've got, yeah. you know, campaign. Don't burn yourself out,
0: buddy. You've got a whole big, long list of French names oh, coming up right now.
1: it's, it's, it's coming. Just, just, uh, my body is ready. Um, uh, the Compagnie Senegalese de Phosphates de Taiba finds the government of Senegal associating with the Bureau de Recheries Geologiques et Murnerais, Pichene, Pierre Fet, Compagnie des Phosphates de Constantine, Compagnie des Phosphates d'Oshini, de Cofimir, and the Society Oxon, the same group headed by the Banque de Paris de Pays bas and the French interests which it represents, made an agreement in February 1963 under the signature of the bank's Director General, J.J. J. R- Ray Ri, with the International Minerals and Chemicals Corporation, by which the latter became a partner in the consortium which is exploiting what is said to be the world's largest high-grade phosphate mine near Dakar. There are several things that are noteworthy with this arrangement. First of all, there is something distinctly ominous. Uh, ominous blah, 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 blah. There is something distinctly ominous and an agreement between two foreign combinations, one of which is a participant in a company associated with the state whose raw materials it is exploiting. It accentuates the contemptuous attitude toward the host country implicit in the monopoly's purpose. International minerals are the foremost producer of phosphate and phosphate agricultural products in the North American continent. With extensive phosphate mining and chemical processing operations in Florida, USA... It also owns a potash mine in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and another $10 million potash project in Canada. It has a market for its products throughout the Americas and Western Europe. For the Senegalese government, this phosphate mining project, which is to have an output of 500,000 tons a year, has an important place in its four-year plan. It is intended to broaden and develop the economy. However, the purpose of the monopolies controlling the venture is entirely otherwise. This partnership bolsters our world position in regard to strategic phosphate reserves, Mr. Ray Ree is reported to have said on a signing in the partnership agreement with International Minerals. Phosphate deposits were discovered were uncovered in Togo, about 18 miles from the sea in 1952. Investigations had been going on since 1884 by French and British interests. It was a geological advisor to the Com- Compteur des Phosphates de l'Afrique du Nord, again, more goddamn French names, who found in Acompe, in I'm sorry, in Acompe, Akouam- aquamape region indications of very important deposits of first quality which extends across lake togo the republic of togo has associated itself with a compagnie togo Lai de mines de benin which is exploiting the deposits and comprises the interests already engaged in monopolizing other phosphate resources in africa these are the Compagnie Constantine Penaraya Cofamir, the Banque de Paris, Pierre Fitte and the Compagnie Internationale de Armement Maritime Industrial et Commercial. Capital is 1.1 million thousand million so 1.1 1. 1 billion francs CFA. The first shipments were made in September 1961 when they left the new wharf of Kepeme for the United States and American-controlled plants in Japan. The plan is to produce initially 750,000 tons of concrete yearly, a level it is intended to raise progressively to a million tons if the market possibilities are there.
0: There would be no lack of market possibilities if fertilizers were made available to the developing countries at prices which their purchasing power could afford. As it is, the competition in fertilizers from America and other sources is extremely keen, and the British producers, of whom Fison Limited and ICI and Shell practically monopolized the trade in the United Kingdom, were the subject of investigation by the British Monopolies Commission in 1959. Fertilizers in the U.K. have been kept at a subsidized price level that led to serious complaints of overcharging. Fison holds 40% of the U.K. market, and it has now entered into an agreement with ICI, whereby it will be supplied by the latter with ammonia from their new Immunhugen plant. This will cut costs in an effort to meet shareholders' complaints of diminishing profits. This cooperation of the largest producers of fertilizers is going in on in order to monopolize raw materials, supplies, and markets so as to sustain prices that will yield higher profits on the considerable <laughs> investments involved. The chairman of ICI's Billingham division said the company's steam naphtha process has completely transformed the economics of ammonia production and has put the company in the position of being a world producer of ammonia, not just a UK producer. Transportation is an important factor in the cost of fertilizers. It is easy to appreciate that if phosphates from Africa are taken to Europe for working up and then returned in fertilizer form to Africa, packed in bags, prices cannot be economic for African agriculture. In this connection, it is interesting to note that Faison has established in India an association with the leading iron and steel firm of Tata, a fertilizer-producing company. Tata Fison Limited, which Sir Clevering Fison, the UK company's chairman, has described as now being the largest company in the industry. Fison has a partnership in Albatross, Super Fosfrickin Phos- NV of Utrecht Holland, with which company it established fertilizer and chemical companies in South Africa. During the financial year 1961-2, the FISON Albatross Company admitted into its South Africa affiliate, Fison's Party Limited, a local banking undertaking. Federali Volksbeleggings Prick, which made enough funds available to the South African Fison Company to enter upon the exploitation of phosphate deposits at Falbora in the Transvaal. Fison has other companies in South Africa concerned with agricultural chemicals and pharmaceuticals. All these companies did well during the nineteen sixty one to two year, according to Fison's chairman who added that despite the difficult conditions in East Africa and the Federation of Rhodesia and Nyasland, our companies there have maintained their position and earned satisfactory profits. Its subsidiary in Sudan, Faison's Pest Control, Sudan Limited, sprayed a record cotton acreage of over 1 million acres and achieved profits found satisfactory by the chairman. Canada, New Zealand, Australia, Malaya, and Nigeria are all countries in which Faison have established companies for the expansion of their fertilizer and agricultural chemical markets, and they have recently begun to extend into South America and Pakistan. Plants for the manufacture of fertilizers have been erected at Zandervoud in Belgium, jointly with Union Chemique Belge S.A. Besides fertilizers and related chemical manufacture, horticulture and scientific apparatus production, Fison are in the food processing and canning firm of John Brown Limited. Not that John Brown.
1: Not the good John Brown.
0: Not the good John Brown. For the purpose of selling chemical know-how and plants to the USSR. Okay, hold on. Maybe good. Maybe good. I don't know. Now, I'm, now, I'm, no. Sure we're, we're talking. To
1: the we're talking selling, though. Selling okay. to them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. And and you know, remember again. This is this is a terrifying thing about agriculture, top to bottom. Right. You have a fooding and a canning company acquired um, by a company with a chemical investment who essentially mostly invests in fertilizer and is trying to monopolize fertilizer. So agriculture is not being done with what's the most practical, what's the most renewable, what brings about the healthiest food or the best food or the most staple food. It's basically what is one large conglomerate monopoly invested in top to bottom. And that's what is going to come, you know, essentially to the table. Uh, oil and gas, which are becoming more and more important finds in Africa, particularly in the Sahara, are drawing the feverish competition of the predominant financial and industrial interests that are bringing monopoly into tighter and tighter ring. Even smaller ones are pushing into this field, which, while it calls for extremely heavy initial capital for prospecting and sounding, offers the fabulous profits that have built up the fortunes of standard oil and mobile scony for the Rockefeller's – gulf oil for the milans continental oil for duck and dutch shell for the morgans Texaco for the Chicago Group, Hanover Bank, and others. Tennessee Corporation, the Guggenheimer multiple enterprise operating nitrate and copper concessions in South America and holdings in the Congo and other parts of Africa, has extended its interest beyond uranium, fertilizers, and chemicals into oil. Isn't that nice? And I'm pretty sure that that's something that's very, very true in a lot of these monopolies today, that you have the same companies invested in fertilizer and oil. Oh, yep. buddy, buddy. Uh, it's Delaware subsidiary, Tennessee Overseas Company, has started upon oil exploration in Sierra Leone. C.W. Michelle, Tennessee's vice president, is already connected with oil through Dome Petroleum, a subsidiary of Americo Canadian Dome Mines Limited, interlocked with Tennessee by shareholding and Michelle's chairmanship. Africa is still paramountly an uncharted continent economically, and the withdrawal of colonial rulers from political control is interpreted as a signal for the descent of the international monopolies upon the continent's natural resources. This is the new scramble for Africa. Under the guise of aid, and with the consent and even welcome of young, inexperienced states, it can be even more deadly for Africa than the first carve-up, as it is supported by more concentrated interests, wielding vastly greater power and influence over government and international organizations.
0: And that is going to take us to the end of chapter six uh, and the end of this episode. Spoiler yes. for next episode, guys. We're getting into the Oppenheimer Empire. Oh, and, boy. And I, I have a distinct feeling I'm not going to enjoy this. Uh I don't know who this Oppenheimer gentleman is, but I don't I don't think I'm gonna enjoy it very much.
1: John um, Jacob Oppenheimer Schmidt. No, I don't No, think, no, 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 you
0: did, one, it's the wrong name, and two, now you're gonna get that song stuck in my head. None of this. Voodoo. <laughs> None of this. Uh that being said, uh this has been Mark's Madness Pod. We read books. There are a number of different ways that you can reach out to us uh if you would like to. One of those is you could send us an email. Our email is MarksMadnesspod at gmail.com. Uh, if you wanted to reach out to us on twitter because your brain is broken like ours is and you use that as a form of interaction uh you could do so at marks madness pod on twitter um and last but not least if you wanted to interact with us on a day-to-day basis or in david's case whatever he's summoned via bat signal uh you could join up on our discord server where we just generally hang out and talk about anything that's going on in our lives invent about capitalism uh and play final fantasy 14 we do that a lot too um But other than that, David, I believe it is time for a disclaimer.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously Nathan came up to me one day because he wanted to read Capital, and he was like, "Hey, theory, that's something you read in a group, and hey, David, you've read Capital before, you'd be good to be part of that group." And that was kind of all we had was the two of us. So we thought, well, what the hell, we'll read it. That's a great idea, and we'll record it just in case it's worth sharing. And then we decided after a while it was worth sharing, and we started this podcast. And ever since we started it, our goal has always been: hopefully, you're out there and you're in a party or some kind of group organizing for the community around you, and. we'll whatever group you're in, whatever their reading group or political education group is reading these works along with us. Um, let's say they're not. Let's say, you know, they're reading something shorter or something more applicable to a current project that they're working on um, and you're reading this on your own. Well, hopefully we can be that reading group and we can give you that group discussion. We can give you that insight, that other perspective, that context that you would otherwise be lacking without such a reading group. And let's say, you know, it's not that and it's either a book like this where we're basically reading it word for word until we get tired of percentage lists of French names, um, or a book where you know we're kind of doing more of a summarization, Uh, whatever it is that we can do to make these works more accessible to you, because we want these works out there guiding your actions, especially your political actions in these parties, because when you put theory into action, that's a phenomenon called praxis. It's theory in action. Uh, Obviously, by definition, without theory, praxis could not exist. And without praxis, theory is completely useless. They go hand in hand. They are tied at the hip.
0: Amen. As always, that being said, this has been a sickly edition of Mark's Madness. My name is Nathan.
1: My name's David.
0: And we will talk to you all next week. Bye!